Well, welcome Salem Chapel to our online gathering. If you're new with us, let me introduce myself. My name's Johnny Pereira, and I'm so glad you're here, whether you're checking us out for the very first time or whether you call Salem Chapel your home. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. And so I just want to let you know a few things about our format as we uh, get into God's Word today. And the first thing is, man, I encourage you just to comment there uh, next to the screen that you're watching and allow people to know that you're here. Um, Now we're in our second week of not gathering together, so just take this opportunity to let people know that you're there. If If you have a prayer request, there's a place where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Our staff is on the other end. Uh, to be able to answer and answer any questions you may have or pray for the things that you let us know uh, you need prayer for. And then there's also a spot. You may be, this may be you. You may at the end of this be like, man, I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I've heard a lot about Jesus, but I am just at a place in my life right now where, where the only place that I can look is up and I want to put my faith and trust in Christ as my Lord and Savior. You can do that and indicate that as well and we would love to get in contact with you. Uh, You know, put in a lot of prayer about what we're going to talk about this morning and really feeling feeling like we need to take a break from Colossians uh, for the second week and and as I was praying and thinking, and honestly, even being in God's Word myself in this, in this last week, which let's be honest, it feels longer than a week, doesn't it? But just thinking about, man, what, is, what does the Lord want me to be reminded of? And it's interesting that I kept going back to Psalm 23. If you call this place your home, you know over a year ago, we did a series in Psalm 23. In fact, I still have uh, my card that we handed out and encouraged everyone to memorize. And the title of that series was Unafraid. And so I really went back and forth and just asking the Lord what he wanted us to, to look at today. And he kept bringing me back to Psalm 23. So what I want to do this morning is just deal with verses 1 and 2. We're going to look specifically at verses 1 and 2, but I want to read the entire psalm. And here's what's awesome about that. You may not even be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you know Psalm 23. And those of us who are, we know Psalm 23 very well. So would you open up your Bibles to Psalm 23? I'm going to read the entire psalm, but we're going to, as I said, deal with verses 1 and 2 this morning. So let's start in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, so we could literally put in there the valley of the coronavirus, right? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's the one idea that I want you to ponder that's going to come straight from verses 1 and 2 that we're going to look at here in just a moment. And the idea is this, that when the Lord is your shepherd, when the Lord is my shepherd, my heart can be at rest. Like think about that word rest. Probably not something that we've been experiencing a lot of in these last couple weeks, right? So let's just take a moment, do this with me, take a deep breath and let it out. Rest. 
that that's what the Lord wants us to experience. And we experience that or can experience that when we know who to look to. And the Lord is our shepherd. And it says in that first verse, I shall not want. So let's just take a moment to unpack that phrase. First of all, Lord, in your Bible, it's probably capital L-O-R-D. If it's not, that's a problem. Because in every Bible that I'm aware of, it's capital L-O-R-D. That's the Hebrew word Yahweh. It's the most used name of the Lord. It describes His nature more than any other word. It is literally the name that the Lord uses when He wants to put His reputation on the line. And what I love is that the Lord uses that name when He says, I am your shepherd, the Lord. Like, I'm going to put my reputation on the line that this is a reality. I was just filling out some paperwork for my daughter uh, just a couple days ago, and one of the things that it required me to do is to sign my name to it. And by signing my name on that contract, what I was saying was, is I am trustworthy to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to be held accountable because I put my name to it. And I love that the Lord uses that name Yahweh when He gives this promise that we shall not want when we understand that the Lord is our shepherd. Here's what this name conveys. It conveys his self-existence. He's never had a beginning. He's never had an end. Uh, The Lord describes himself in Exodus 3 when he's talking to Moses, I am that I am. It says in Revelation 22, 13, that I am the alpha. The Lord says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. This name conveys his self-existence, that he's eternal, which means he existed before the coronavirus and he will exist after the coronavirus. He has existed before issues and problems and circumstances and plagues and all different types of catastrophes have existed and he will exist after those things. He is the self-existent one. It also describes that he is self-sufficient like who he is is not dependent upon anyone else other than him so think about this i have to go outside and you have to go outside of yourself to meet your needs i don't need to remind you of that all you have to do is go to the grocery store and be reminded that you are not self-sufficient as you wait in the lines and get frustrated because the things that you need are not there you don't have to be reminded that you are not self-sufficient but what i love is in this name lord god is reminding us that he is he's self-existent he's self-sufficient here's what else this name conveys it conveys his presence with his people that god never leaves you he never forsakes you and what the lord promises us is not freedom from difficulty. If that was the case, then we have a problem, don't we? Even right now on what we're experiencing. He doesn't promise us freedom from difficulty, but what He does promise us is that this self-existent, self-sufficient Lord will be with us right in the midst of the difficulty. Therefore, our heart can be at rest. That very first word in this psalm is Lord. The second word is is. Now notice what David, who writes this psalm, says. He doesn't say the Lord was my shepherd. He doesn't say that the Lord will be my shepherd. He says that the Lord is my shepherd. Right now, in this very moment, I have a present tense relationship with the Lord. So you're like, well, what's the significance of that? Like, what's such a big deal about the word is? Well, think about it. When you have a problem, it's in the present, right? Uh, When I have a need, 
it's in the now. When I have a hurt, it's in the now. When I have a difficulty, it's in the now. So in other words, we have a Lord, a shepherd who lives in the now. The Lord is, and then it says my, which I think is one of the sweetest words in verse one. Because it could say the Lord is the shepherd of the world or the Lord is the shepherd of his people, but he makes it personal. The Lord is your shepherd. That you can say the Lord is my shepherd. And you know what I've found in my life? That the promises of God, the promises that are, that are in this book, in the Bible, the promises of God have no power in your life if you don't make them personal. It doesn't mean that the, power, that the promises of God don't have power, but I don't experience that power and provision in my life from the promises of God until I make them personal. And what I encourage you to do right now, if you have your Bible open or maybe some other app on your phone, whatever it is, and you can write, is literally write in that verse one, the Lord is, I'll put my name, Johnny Shepherd. He's your shepherd. Now, that word shepherd is an interesting word as well, right? Because David, who writes this psalm, was a shepherd before he was king of Israel. And so if anybody knows about sheep, it's David. But what I love is that Jesus calls himself our shepherd. John 10, 11 says this. Jesus says this about himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good and superior shepherd to all the other shepherds that we may be wanting to follow, right? Because we're all, all of us are following something. But Jesus says, no, 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 I'm the good shepherd, and here's why I'm good, because I've laid down my life for you. I want to ask you this, when you're selecting who you should follow, you ought to ask this question, did they lay down their life for me? Because Jesus says that he's the good shepherd because he laid down his life for you. It's exactly what Jesus has done for you. That you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, that Jesus is perfect, God is perfect. So Jesus put on human flesh. He lived a perfect life for you. He died on the cross for your sin. He rose again three days later so that if you put your trust in him, he will be your savior. He will be your good shepherd. And the only person that can deliver on the promises found in Psalm 23 is Jesus. Well, that's the significance of verse 1, but what, what does the Lord as my shepherd do? What does he promise to do to help me realize that contentment, remember that word rest, can be found in him? Well, look at verse 2. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters that this idea of i shall not want well how does he do it verse 2 tells us how he does it now here's the strange thing about sheep because i don't know about you but i'd like to be called a lot of different animals that would describe me other than sheep and i'm sure you're no different but it's interesting that the bible oftentimes calls us sheep because the similarities are there whether we'd like to admit it what you need to understand about sheep is their very makeup, it's almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless three requirements are met. So here's the requirements for sheep to feel calm enough to lie down. Number one, they are not afraid of danger. That if they don't feel like danger is around them, if they're not fearful, they'll be willing to lie down. 
Otherwise, they're standing up ready to flee for their lives. Here's another requirement for sheep to be comfortable enough to lie down. They can't be frustrated. One of the things about sheep, their social behavior is is whenever there's tension, whenever there's rivalry, whenever there's cruel competition, you got one sheep wanting to dominate the other sheep, they feel frustration and they will not lie down. And here's the third requirement. They can't experience fatigue by pests that may just plague them. Sheep, especially in the summer, are tormented by various species, whether that be flies or ticks. And what that does is that causes them to be agitated and fatigued because they're constantly around them. And if they're experiencing fear or frustration or fatigue, they won't lie down. They won't do it. And man, the parallels of that are great for your life and for my life. Because what I want to do in the rest of our time is I want to give you three scenarios that the Lord as your shepherd will provide for you rest. These are promises that the Lord our shepherd will follow through on so that we can experience rest. Here's the first thing. The Lord provides rest when your heart is fearful. Is your heart fearful this morning? Maybe you're watching this later on in the day. Is your heart fearful and it's only i'm only asking you so you can be honest if it's if it's fearful that then i want you to know that the lord is your shepherd and and you don't need to want Uh, a lot of us are scared honestly to lie down because we don't want to be put in a place where we don't have control and so when we're put in a place where we don't have control what is the result man fear arises in ourselves many of us might say this well Well, I experience calm, I experience rest when I'm in control. Or I experience rest and calm when that person that I trust in is in control. And I think that's the hardest part, just speaking transparently about myself, I think the hardest part for me with with the coronavirus and, and, and everything that's going on is that there's so much information that's coming at us from all sides. Like like I jump on Facebook and I read 10 articles by people that think that they're experts now because they've read 10 articles, right? And so you, you go on Facebook and you read stuff. You go on Twitter and you read stuff. You, you, you go to your favorite news station and you have it on at all times and you're being flooded with information. And, and all this information, you know what it does? It causes us to say, man, I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe in. I don't know who's telling me what's right and who's over-exaggerated or who's underplaying this, right? And, and what it does is it, it brings and it causes fear to rise up in us because it reminds us that we're not in control. But the Lord promises rest when we are fearful. And what I've found about myself, and it's probably true of you, that when I'm fearful or anxious, it's rooted in the reality that I can't control the situation. And for many of us, we're in a situation that we haven't been in a long time, and it's in that situation where we can't control this. Can't can't control decisions that are being made in regards to me. Can't control how fast the virus spreads or doesn't spread. But listen to me, nothing will bring you rest when you're put in a situation that is out of your control than believing that the shepherd's presence is is with you in his sufficiency like the lord didn't cause this virus but the lord will use this he'll use it 
to bring him glory. He'll use it to cause people to maybe have a greater uh, interest in, in spiritual things. You may be even online right now and you would have never tuned in had not this happened. The Lord is sufficient to use this. He has a surplus. He's going to provide for you. And he's also your shepherd. Listen to Psalm 91.4. It says this about our Lord. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Listen to me. The reason why you can lie down and be led to green pastures and still waters when everything around you is giving you opportunity to fear is because you're looking up at your shepherd and he promises to be with you. Here's a second scenario that the Lord as your shepherd wants to provide you with rest. The Lord provides you with rest when your heart is frustrated. I wonder if that's you today. And you're just frustrated. You're just like, man, I'm not really fearful. I'm frustrated. Because there's something in our, in our nature that wants to be the boss. I mean, is that you? Because I'll raise my hand to that. I, I kind of like to be the boss. I, I kind of like to be the one who says, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. Some of you are just a contrarian, right? If, if, if someone has an opinion one way, you love to take the opposite opinion. You always want to be one that's right. You always want to be the one with the answers. Maybe you fall into one of those categories. And some of us are feeling frustrated. And the reason why we're feeling frustrated, some of us are like, man, like, like this first quarter at work was going amazingly until this happened. And so you're frustrated because literally the brakes have been put on all the progress that you have been experiencing at your workplace. Maybe others of you are like, man, like, like my job is in the financial sector and I make investments for people. And man, things were going so well and now things have halted or maybe you're about, maybe you're about to retire and you're like, man, what are we gonna do now? I'm not, not gonna be able to retire this year because of what happened and you're feeling frustrated. Maybe some of you just started a new job and because you're low man on the totem pole, so to speak, you're fearful that you might lose your job or you have lost your job, and so you're frustrated. Or maybe some of you are high school or college students. You're like, man, we had such a good year this year, and, and your sports season was canceled. And you're like, man, this was the year. We were going to have memories. I'm a senior. Maybe you were going to graduate this year, and you're like, now we don't even get to have a ceremony. It looks like that may be the case. Whatever scenario it is, but that's made you feel frustrated. And what it's probably also caused you to do is even be tempted to believe that the Lord is not your shepherd. The Lord is not in control. But you're battling saying, man, the Lord is incompetent because he's allowed this to happen. And you're like, man, Johnny, you're talking about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Like where are the green pastures and still waters in all of this? But I want to encourage you with this. Maybe the green pastures and still waters the Lord desires you to experience could not have happened if you didn't have this time on your hands. I wonder if he wants you to experience in a greater way that he truly is the one who provides rest. And you will not want when you look to him as your shepherd. I wonder if that's what the Lord wants. So instead of being frustrated for what you feel like the Lord has taken away, ask yourself, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this season? What do you want me to learn about myself? What do you want me to learn about you? 
Think about it this way. Here's what we all need to do. And I put myself in this boat. Less news, more of him. Right? Like, like in this last week, I have consumed more news than I have in an entire year. And you know what I actually had to say yesterday? Man, I just got to turn the news off, take a break. It will be there later on tonight and just spend some quality time in God's Word. Let me ask you this. What's the first thing you do when you get up? Because most of us are working from home right now, so we don't have to worry about going out of the house at a certain time. The first thing that you ought to do is not turn on your favorite news station, but to open up God's Word, to get into God's Word. Maybe it's Psalm 23. Maybe it's another passages. Ask yourself, what routines is the Lord giving me margin to engage in that I would not have otherwise. And I wonder if those are some of the green pastures and still waters that the Lord wants you to experience. Because for all of us, He's not asked us to lie down. He's made us lie down. But in His making us to lie down, He's wanting to speak to our fears. He's wanting to speak to our frustrations. I spoke last week on Isaiah 26.3 which says, You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When I trust that the shepherd has made me lie down and that I believe he's with me, you know what I experience? Rest. Here's a third scenario that the Lord wants to give you a promise for so that you can experience rest. Number three, he provides rest when your heart is fatigued. Are you tired? And I don't mean necessarily physically tired, though that may be true. But are you tired? Are you spiritually tired? Are you emotionally tired? Because for, for some of you who are watching this on the other end of this camera and the other end of this screen, you're like, man, I was tired emotionally and spiritually, maybe even physically before this virus caused me to now have to shift my routine again. And so this is like, you feel like this is just literally going to push you over the edge. Well, let me give you this passage of Scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Jesus says this. Jesus, your good shepherd, says this. Come to me. Like Literally, the Lord says, hey, I want you to come to me. I'm not going to judge you by how you feel. I'm, not gonna, I'm big enough to take your frustrations. No, 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 come to me. Bring them to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, regardless of what you're carrying, Jesus says, come to me. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. And look, listen to how Jesus describes himself. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. You know how I experience rest in the midst of my fatigue is when I exercise what Jesus describes himself to be. When I exercise gentleness. That word gentle means meek. It means power under control. When you embrace the reality, Lord, you're in control and I'm not. And that's not passive, that's submissive. Yeah, we need to take precautions. Yeah, we need to listen to our government officials that are telling us how we need to respond in all of this. So, so that's not what I'm speaking of. Believing that God's in control and having power under control and, and demonstrating meekness is not passivity. No, 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 it's submissiveness. And fatigue or unrest will always be experienced in our life until we submit to the Lord and see Him as our good shepherd. The Lord also describes Himself as lowly in heart in this verse, which literally means like humility. So the Lord has made you lie down. 
How are you going to respond? Because what we find in this passage of Scripture is I experience rest when I submit to what the Lord is doing. I experience rest when I turn to Him with humility and say, okay, Lord, this is out of my control. Lord, I know that You're going to work this for Your good, Romans 8.28. I can't cope with it. I can't rest in my own strength over it. Lord, I'm giving it to You. That's when we will find rest for Your soul. So let me ask you as we close this morning, what is causing you to fight or push up against the shepherd's prompting to make you lie down so that you can experience his green pastures and his still waters even in the midst of these uncertain times and this crisis of the coronavirus What are you pushing up? Is it fear? Is it frustration? Is it fatigue? Because the Lord promises us rest in Psalm 23. Listen to me, you may be on the other end of this camera and I want to share a passage of Scripture with you as we close and it's in Romans 10 and it's found in verses 9 and 10 because you may be on the other end of this camera and you're like, man, I've been to church before. I've I've heard of Jesus before, like I went to church growing up, but this crisis has brought me to a place where I realize that I can't live this life on my own. Because I promise you, the cosmic scales one day when you stand before God, they're not these cosmic scales that, well, if the good outweighs the bad that you do, because we're told that God is perfect and we're not, we're sinners, what we deserve of our sin is death. That's Romans 3.23. So let me share with you how you can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ today. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's literally you just saying, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. I believe that you're my savior and I'm putting my full trust in you, not in the good that I can do, but in what you have done through Jesus Christ It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified or made right with God, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so I just want to invite you right in this moment, there's no magical prayer, it's literally you just doing what we just read. Lord, I'm going to confess that I'm a sinner, I put my trust in you as my Savior. Lord, I want to look to you as my Lord. And the Bible says, you are are saved if you make that decision and here's what i love there's a place on the screen where you can indicate that where you can let us know about that if you're watching this later on in the day you can go to our website to our staff page all of our emails are there we would love for you to email us but i want to encourage you with this in the midst of this uncertainty we serve a lord and savior who is certain who is sufficient who has supply who is our shepherd So would you pray with me? Lord, we're here this morning just to remind ourselves to turn the news off and Lord, to look to you and remind ourselves in all the uncertainty and how long we'll be under these restrictions or or someone thinking to themselves, man, I know someone who's gotten this virus and all these uncertain things, whatever they may be, Lord, may we remind ourselves of what is certain. And what is certain is you. And what is certain is the Bible, the Word of God. 
And so, Lord, may we lean into those things to give us the perspective that we need during these times. In Jesus' name, amen.